Hello, this is Ben Thompson, doctor of audiology and tinnitus specialist. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This audio is a recording from my YouTube channel, Ben Thompson AUD. I hope you find the information you need and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Treble Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Ben Thompson. Today's guest is Brad Hynek. Brad is one of the most famous physical therapists on the internet. You may know him from the Bob and Brad show. Brad is a physical therapy graduate of the University of La Crosse in Wisconsin. Brad, I'm so glad you're here today. Mr. Brad Hanek became a certified strength and conditioning specialist in 2001. He's most known for having a YouTube channel with over 4 million subscribers and many more millions of views with his business partner, Bob. And together, they create amazing educational videos about physical therapy. We wanted to focus this podcast episode on the healthy brain and healthy aging tips that our community here at Treble Health may benefit from. We know that our community loves to learn about how to keep the brain healthy, how to remain healthy. Typically, our audience is 50 years or older. So if you're watching this, get ready to learn from Brad himself. Brad has found that his training and his physical therapy and his balance have overall improved his fitness. And over the past 20 years, he has focused on continuing education on back and neck pain, as well as sports medicine. And he is known for his ability to customize therapy equipment in clinical settings to suit patient needs. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Dr. Thompson. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be 60 this year, actually. So I've already got a decade in past 50. Uh, so it makes it a little more personal when we talk about therapy and activity levels and things you can do to maintain your, your levels. So yeah, let's see what we can talk about. Well, let's start with the most common conditions that affect adults over age 50. As a physical therapist, as an educator, and as a lifelong student, what are those common conditions that affect adults aging over 50? Okay. First of all, typical joint pain, uh, oftentimes from early onset of DJG, as we call it, or arthritis, uh, osteoarthritis, the typical, you know, it's like getting gray hair, the joints will start to decay and lose their uh, smooth surfaces, causing some pain and, and leading into problems. And there are a number of things that you can do through physical therapy to slow down the process or even, you know, stop it at least uh, temporarily, if you will, over your lifespan of looking at it from that age. Balance is a big thing. After 50, things just the balance mechanisms start to have problems and your balance is just, you know, I don't know anybody that doesn't say, boy, I've noticed my balance change in the last five, 10 years, once you get over 50, including myself. And I, I do work on a number of balance things as a therapist. It's, it's what I do. And you know, it's one of those things. So that's the other thing. And those are our big range of motion, you know, and that goes along with arthritis. The, you know, if you lose range of motion or posture, posture is, that's what I wanted to say is posture is just tremendously important. If you go through the first few decades of your life with poor posture, once you get past 50, it's typically a flexed forward posture, which affects your breathing. It affects your neck back pain. It's one of those things that compounds and in your balance gets off because as your head is forward, your body is forward, everything else, it makes you more vulnerable to a fall. And that just gets worse the older you get. We're so involved in our communities, your physical therapy community, my audiology, tinnitus, 
hearing loss communities, all of these conditions tend to affect adults over 50 the most. So part of what we're doing here is being proactive, education, having daily exercises, having routines that complement good health, hearing health and physical health. Yeah, you mentioned back pain, arthritis, also posture, which affects hips and shoulder pain. What are the fundamentals that you tend to review over and over with this age range and with your online community on the Bob and Brad show? I think I'll start with posture because everyone will eventually have head forward posture, if you will, shoulder rounding forward, you know, gravity just takes over. And if you do not continually remind yourself and do some exercises to promote good posture, it's going to take over. And you will, you know, there are people that I've worked with that they're stuck. Once you get in that posture for a couple of decades and it gets worse, you cannot straighten up anymore. The, the joints in the back, the facet joints, they will, between each vertebra, will actually become frozen, if you will, the head forward posture. I've had people where I'll have people go up against the wall and see if they can touch their sacrum or their belt line, their shoulders, and then the back of their head against the wall, which is good posture. And they'll only get like two or three inches and their head will not go back any farther. And then we work on that to see how much we can get back. If it's too long, if it's been too many years, that oftentimes is not possible. You do the best you can then. So getting at it early and making habits of it is, is key. Of course, as soon as you say that, I'm over here adjusting my shoulders, adjusting my posture. <laughs> just, just reminds me of when I was in school and the teacher says, make sure you drink water. And everyone looks around and starts to drink water because <laughs> exactly. it's, it's this obvious basic health condition. Posture is something that we overlook and our society has created the work in an office, sit in a chair mode. Now, right. part of the mission from my side of things as I'm seeing on the Bob and Brad show on your YouTube channel and your online community, part of the mission is work at this. You can change. Your body can change. We know in our world with hearing and tinnitus, the brain can change. There's neurological improvements. And for you, there are physical improvements that can change someone's posture over time, right? Sure. Absolutely. Right. Particularly with the neck where you have the head forward posture there, where the nerves exit the spine, the frame and the actual hole where the nerve goes, it can change shape. If you get bone spurs or other problems that uh, may cause that hole to actually pinch the nerve. And if that happens, you'll become very uncomfortable where the nerve goes. They call it ridiculous symptoms down into the arm. If it's in the neck and the, if it's a low back, it goes down into the leg. Those are very uncomfortable and really put a big damper on how you live your life. That's where you need to go in and see a therapist and, you know, hopefully get it fixed or repaired without having to go to the extreme of surgery. Mm. So does physical therapy help adults over 50? And what's the difference of going to an in-person physical therapist versus some of these at-home exercises like your YouTube channel is promoting? That's a very good question because, you know, if the person is really an advocate and willing to spend the time working with themselves, watches some good videos, i.e. Bob and Brad, <laughs> but no, there's a lot of good channels on the YouTube and then you have to practice some, but I've worked with friends and family and I'll say, watch, cause they live out of town. I'll say, watch this video, watch that video. And then I'll see them at a later date in person and we'll go through it. And I, there are things that can be missed. It's like, 
oh yeah, that, that made sense on the video, but in your situation, we need to do some modifications to that exercise to make it work. So it's going to depend on the person and they need to commit themselves to working with their body and make it subtle changes. And that may or may not be on the Q2 because we have to make our videos so they're broad. They cover the vast majority of people and then make it exercises that we know the worst thing that's going to happen is nothing. We don't want to have them do a stretch and have them, you know, strain a muscle because of it. So uh, there's some limitations that way. Brad, what are the most popular exercises that your YouTube channel has? Because I've seen you're putting out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos over the years. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do it. They must have a camera following you everywhere around there. (laughs) And of course you're looking at which exercises that you're putting out are the most popular with just, just based on numbers and comments in the community, what are people connecting with in terms of these exercises that you're explaining to them? Well, the most common again, are either back, uh, neck, shoulders common. And we do have a couple of balanced ones that are specifically for 15 above. And that's reasonably common. So we have some of these very popular videos and they're doing exercises that would lead me to assume people enjoy those exercises and they're actually (laughs) at least watching the video, hopefully doing the exercise. What exercises are the most adopted in your community from what you've seen? So from looking at our comments, which we do look at, I look at them every day. Uh, we can't respond to them because there's just the volume is, is just too much and uh, we consume our whole day. But again, you know, the shoulder exercise, just some simple exercises to stretch the shoulder uh, that may bring your arm over your head. And we have a stick, we call it a booyah stick, but you can use a broomstick, any stick that's strong enough, that's five feet long. And we show stretches that will stretch your shoulder over your head so that you have, if you have difficulties reaching into the cupboard for a cup or a glass, perhaps, and it's painful or just it's too tight because of arthritic changes. And then we show a progressive exercise using a simple tool that there's someone's going to have around their house. And then we get comments back. Oh, wow. That worked great. You know, sometimes uh, usually these exercises don't fix things in one times, but there are some where you'll get enough gains or benefits from it. You know, they'll comment back. It's like, wow, this has been really helpful. Thank you. Thank you. And to be honest with you, that's what's kept me going in this for well, going on 12 years is looking at the comments because I'm wondering on this end, am I really doing any good out there? But the comments feed me and give me energy uh, to continue because when you put out one video a day uh, over a period of, you know, 11, over 11 years now, you need to know that you're doing good and you get that feedback. I mean, we've got a box of gourmet chocolates from uh, United Kingdom and that was really cool. You know, they were really grateful for what we did in that matter. So as far as back exercises, people over 50, once you get into your fifties and sixties, the sciatica, the pain going down the leg becomes less prevalent, but then you have more stenosis, which I personally have. And I deal with that. And those exercises work out well for people because most anybody can do them. They're not something where you balance is an issue because you do them lying down and you can't do them on your bed. So, well, I, you know, I could keep going on and on about different situations, but I'll let you ask some more questions. All right. Thank you for that. I think now let's take a little break from our questions. We do have more coming up soon about postures, sleep, sitting, TMJ, muscle massage. Mm -hmm. Let's take a moment to understand more about you. Over the last few decades, please tell us about your role as a physical therapist, what you enjoy about the job, 
And how did this all start with now where we are today at the time of recording this video, 2022, 4 million subscribers on YouTube, one of the biggest health YouTube channels around. If you could walk us back to those early days of how this all started, <laughs> I'm sure we'd love to hear. Okay. I've got a unique history as far as a therapist. My first career was working in industry. I worked on electrical and mechanical equipment, which the only reason I mention that is because now I'm very involved in uh, producing and inventing exercise equipment. That's one of the things I, I like to do in my spare time, if you will. But I, so I became a physical therapist. I was 36 years old when I graduated. And I worked for Bob in an outpatient and I worked a, a fair amount of geriatric as well. Did that for 20, 20 some years. And then Bob said, you know, maybe we should start doing some YouTube videos. And I had not watched YouTube at all at the time. So he explained it a little bit. And I kind of like, well, oh, sure. I like being in front of a camera. It doesn't bother me at all. It's, And I was thinking, I'm just going to have some fun. And I'll look at it and see what we can do. I really had no idea that this was going to happen, that we would, you know, when we first started, 200 views in one day was a big deal. I mean, we were like, you know, now we do 350,000 to 400,000 and more than that sometimes. But at that time, it was just fun to do. And we had fun doing it. We'd do it two or three days a week. And uh, as time evolved on and things changed with us personally, and we decided, you know, we could really get into this and, you know, and then the comments start going in. And I found out that I could treat or Bob and I could successfully treat more people in one day on YouTube than we could in a month at the clinic just because you're reaching out to so many people, just by looking at the comments, it was very clear. Uh, so it was very uh, useful service for people who do not have insurance, aren't able to get it for whatever reason, they're you know going to the internet. Yeah. And you also still run a business with these devices. And tell us, do you, in your group, do you have an in-person clinical experience for those who wanted to come to you locally or your group locally? Actually, we do not anymore. Uh, we stopped that. When COVID came, that changed, at least with everyone, a lot. You know, it worked out, I guess, I feel well in regards to YouTube because a lot more people were going to YouTube for this information. And that's something we could do uh, without being interrupted. And then it just got so busy between our YouTube channel. I mean, we both have between us 55 or 60 years of clinical experience. We, we you know, we rely on that for our information and we continue our research and reading books and continuing ed to maintain our license. So we've got plenty of information. And then with our products that I call them our proprietary products that we've invented, I spend a fair amount of time on making sure that the manufacturing of those is smooth and and the new products, we got three new products coming out this year. One's for posture, one's for the ankle. And I'm not going to talk about the next one, but <laughs> anyways, you get pretty spread out and you know, you, you have to do what you can do. So we decided not to open a clinic because it would just be, it'd be very difficult to do and keep everything else moving. Yeah, you have a lot of great projects. And for those interested, check out bobandbrad.com. A lot of great resources, a great online store with the different products. I love to see that. Let's get back to our questions here. We want a few tips on sleep. So postures related to sleep, what are the things to look out for when we're setting up our, our sleep, our bedtime, when we're setting up our positioning? What are some things to look out for, Brad? Yeah, good question. You know, particularly if you have pain already in a shoulder or hip, you do not want to lay on that side, particularly the shoulder. If you want to irritate 
a shoulder pain, just sleep on it for a couple hours and you'll wake up with it very sore. And then it's, you know, it's irritated and it's hard to get back to sleep. So we do a lot of talking about keeping the body in a neutral position. In other words, if you stood up with good posture, that's a neutral position. When you're lying down, you want to uh, try and maintain that. Lying on your side becomes a little more problematic because if you're, say, in a hook lying position or kind of like a fetal position, your knees typically are together, but oftentimes one, the top leg will come forward and it's kind of hard to... I hope I'm describing this act so you can understand it. And yes. that'll put a, that'll put pressure on your hip, the top hip. It'll rotate the spine slightly. And it's not a big deal for, you know, 10 minutes. But if you sleep like that for a period of an hour or two and you have an existing condition and you put a slight stress on it for a prolonged period of time, that can be a problem. So we use pillows like prop them between your knees. I've worked with a lot of people have if they're sideline on the right, we'll put pillows on their backside so that they cannot lay to their back if lying on their back is a problem. Oftentimes, people can lie on their back or supine position. We want to make sure the pillow under their head is not too thick, which will bring their head forward and just give you head forward posture all night, which puts stress on the, the neck particularly. Oftentimes, we'll promote putting pillows underneath the knees, though, so it elevates the knees flexing the hips, hips slightly, and that can take stress off the low back. And we find people are very comfortable with that. Those are great tips. Sleep, insomnia, waking up in the middle of the night, uh, pain yes. during the night, common conditions that affect adults. How about best postures for sitting? I'm sure ah. there's some simple tips for the shoulders and the, the angle of my, I'll turn to the side here, the angle sure. of my spine and how it's positioned. Any tips there? Sure. A chair, typically you're, you're going to want to sit in a firm chair. You know, if you've got a soft, cushy recliner, they typically promote poor posture. Your body sinks in, it rounds out versus being in that neutral position. And if you do sit in a recliner, like I do, but I always put a lumbar support. Oftentimes a throw pillow is adequate. You put that at the belt line up and down to your comfort. And that once the low back is in good position, then you can have good posture in your shoulders. And then of course your head, you want to make sure that you don't have too thick of a pillow behind your head. Head forward posture is just, all, you know, that's a big one. Get that neutral so that you can breathe and you relax. So seated posture, maybe you've heard it, you know, sitting is the new smoking. Maybe you've heard that where people- wow, I haven't. I haven't heard that. Oh, you haven't heard that? Maybe mm -hmm. it's just in the therapy world where because people sit so much at work in the car, whatever, and they sit with poor posture, it really can beat up that low back, the head, the neck. It takes the breathing and makes it less efficient. So when you're seated, upright posture, you know, chest out, head up, and then using supports to maintain that, you know, and we talk about now with these desks that elevate, they go up and go down. So you can stand perhaps 20 minutes out of the hour or even more, and then sit, or even have a stool where you go halfway in between is, which I prefer. And I like people doing that if they're comfortable. Yeah, that's excellent. And Brad, your message, correct me if I'm wrong, is that, Hey, it's never too late to identify this, change it, adjust your posture. Mm. Even if I have been doing this for 20 years and I'm approaching 50, 60 years old, from what I've seen from information, from educational knowledge from you, it's not too late. You can make changes, right? There are gains one can have. Absolutely. You know, for sure you want to, because it's just going to get worse if you don't make it better or attempt to make it better. And it's amazing what, what will happen. We've you just worked with posture 
and all of a sudden, oh, my neck pain's gone. So it is one of those things where just using something as simple as the wall, an open wall where you can assess your posture, you can feel it. And it's kind of hard for me to get into it in detail on this, but you know, we have plenty of uh, posture videos on Bob and Brad. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Thank you, Brad. And last question here. What is the physical therapy approach to TMJ? For those who don't know, TMJ refers to the temporal mandibular joint temporal, everyone knows, okay, the temple, this area, and then the mandible or the jaw. Well, between them is this joint, which has a lot of important information there, a lot of important <laughs> direction. Tell me what is in here. Is it muscles? Is it ligaments? Is it joint? Yeah. What do we need to know? And then what? what's the physical therapist approach for those who have flare-ups or tightness with their TMJ? Sure. Uh, with the TMJ, you, you have you know, the masseter muscle is a very strong muscle for its size. It's what allows you to uh, chew on a, a good steak effectively. But the joint itself is actually not a real stable joint. It's not like a ball and socket joint. It works quite well. But oftentimes when you open your jaw to take a big bite, it can, uh, I'm just going to say dislocate, if you will, and then it can lock up and become painful. And then you have to get it to go back in or, or, or clicking things will not go as they should. I am not a therapist that specifically trained in TMJ, although we have some treatments that we did research. We know they're good treatments and we do get good response. But one of the easiest things to do is just uh, some self-massage to the temporalis muscle, the one right behind your eyes and your temples, and just doing a massage to relax that muscle because that's a big fan-shaped muscle that tapers down for your uh, actual closing of the jaw. And of course, the masseter, uh, that's a deeper muscle where you wouldn't need to get into. And you can work with that. And oftentimes, a massage of two or three minutes or less to get those muscles to relax can just allow the joint to go where it's supposed to go, where it wants to go. And allow circulation through those tight muscles that will become painful if they're tight for a long period of time. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate that. In our community, treble health, we focus on tinnitus, ringing in the ears mm -hmm. and hearing loss. I encourage you, if you haven't in recent years, getting a hearing test, it's just as important as a vision test, mm -hmm. just as important as making sure the, the body and other sense organs are working properly. Sure. Have you come across any personal experiences with ringing the ears hearing loss with you or in your family or friends network? I personally have not, fortunately, nothing unusual. I do have a good friend who does suffer from tinnitus. And, uh, you know, I, I referred him to our, your video because obviously, you know, an expert and to see if you get any benefits from that. But so other than that, I don't have any other people that I know, but I know it's prevalent. And sometimes I understand it, it is just a low grade where it's not too, uh, doesn't bother or cause problems in your life, but other times it can cause serious limitations. That's correct. And we often associate the treatment of tinnitus, also pronounced tinnitus, as a parallel to chronic pain. So chronic mm -hmm. pain management where, hey, there is no cure for pain. Let's be real. There's no cure mm -hmm. for pain. It's a natural phenomenon. Well, tinnitus, tinnitus, there's also no cure for tinnitus. Mm -hmm. But in both conditions, when, when it is bothersome, when it is bad, there are strategies, therapies, treatments that can improve and reduce right. the pain or reduce the tinnitus. So we often look at the research around chronic pain and how that's so similar to the networks involved for tinnitus and how when we take the emotional charge out of the system, the limbic system, 
and we work on the neuroplasticity that real improvements can be had over time. But hey, that work's not easy. And I'm sure you know, as a physical therapist, more than anyone, real change at a physiological level takes time. Right. You know, that reminds me, uh, we had a, an expert uh, physical therapist, doctor in therapy, and he specialized in pain with the physical body. And he, it was so important that the person be feels empowered that they can manage and control their pain. And so they're not so the psychological aspect. And it sounded very similar to what you were talking about, just to allow things to calm down as how you think about it can help manage it. Like you say, it doesn't get rid of it, but if you can manage it and feel much better about it, it can make a big difference in your daily life. Absolutely. All right, everyone here in the Tribal Health Podcast, we have Brad Hanek, and he's from the Bob and Brad Show, of course. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe to Bob and Brad on YouTube and head over to their website for blogs, some of these products that Brad works on. And if you have any questions, you can let us know in the comments and our team will do our best to respond to them from Treble Health. Brad, thanks again for joining and we wish you well. Great. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. We have telehealth services consultation to get people on the right track with hearing, tinnitus, hearing loss, hearing aids. Mm -hmm. A lot of these treatments are able to be completed over telehealth and we use the most out of that technology. It's, it's quite fascinating, actually, as someone who works in the manufacturing space, you may appreciate that hearing aids, which are used for hearing loss and tinnitus, now have the technological ability to be remote programmed from home over the phone, mm -hmm. connecting with a doctor over telehealth and do all of the, do all of the adjustments of the hearing aids uh, over telehealth over a period of time. So the technology is, sure. is, is quite impressive. So does the person can just use their phone or a laptop to do the communication? Yeah, the way it works is let's imagine you had bothersome tinnitus or a perception of hearing loss. We recommend that you have an in-person hearing test within six months that we okay. review over telehealth and we have, a we have a licensed audiologist in your state and we recommend different devices. We have relationships with the leading hearing aid manufacturers and then the devices themselves are programmed in our, with our in-house team and shipped to your home. You get them, connect them to your phone, put them on your ears. We have a Zoom consultation and we make any adjustments to the programming settings remotely through your phone. Sure. Sure. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing what can be done uh, online. It surely is. It surely is. Well, Brad, again, thank you for being here and we'll be in touch. Very good. Appreciate it, Dr. Thompson. Okay. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's my mission to share high quality information about tinnitus and hearing conditions. It would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this podcast and leave a quick review explaining what you learned on this podcast. Thank you so much for considering that and I'll make sure to see you on the next episode.